the volume. Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. I love betting on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Great odds and markets for the MLB, NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. There's awesome new and existing user promotions like Dinger Tuesday. You always see me fire on. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get winnings fast. And it's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay. And you can discover the most popular same-game parlays each day and night when you log in. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code MONACO so they know I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in select states only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 Arizona 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org/chat/connecticut1800gambler/or visit Four six seven three six nine New York Tennessee Redline one eight hundred eight eight nine nine seven eight nine Tennessee. Visit www.100gambler.net West Virginia. Welcome into another episode of the best gambling show ever. It's June 7th on Taco Tuesday. One more sleep till game three. Alex Monaco chilling with live moods live. Feels like a marathon between these games. My goodness. How are you feeling over there? Mid intermission. Feeling good. And you know, I think first I'll start with this series. It feels like there has been a large overreaction from both fan bases. Obviously after the Celtics had a very dominant win, there was a large overreaction from Celtics fans. And then the Warriors came back and got a very dominant win um, at home. And I think there was a large overreaction from the Warriors fans, but we can't forget that both of these teams have played very well in these two games of this series. So to me, it's still a very long series ahead of us. Um, The Warriors had a great game in game two. I do think that the Celtics, to me, are the more talented team, and I think if they can be consistent with their defense, we'll see more of those game one type of games from the Celtics and from the Warriors as well. So very interesting um, matchup here, and and it's gonna. I, I think it's going to be a long series. I think it's going to go the distance. So I think we've got a lot more games to talk about and to sweat over, uh, but I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm excited to keep watching some good basketball. Two of the best teams to me, head-to-head, you couldn't ask for anything better. Yeah, 12-point victory by the Celtics, 19-point comeback by the Warriors. We got a series already. It is riveting. It's phenomenal basketball. It is. And I'm excited to get your thoughts here on Game 3. We got a a three-and-a-half-point line. I feel great about my pick, but let's throw it to you first. Who do you like at the TD Garden for Game 3? 
So, you know, Monaco, I already know exactly who you're going to, you know, who you're going to go for in this one. Um, I think you are betting with your emotions, maybe just a smidge, which is fine. Okay. This is, that is fine. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Celtics loss because I think it was actually a really great loss for them. I think they needed it. I think they needed it, especially after such a dominant performance, shutting down so many powerful superstars for the Warriors in game one. It was really good for them to see this Warriors team again not to be slept on because we've seen them in their past couple series of this playoff stretch for them they kind of stop fearing their opponent a little bit I don't really think they feared the Bucks enough I don't think they feared the heat enough so I think they kind of played it safe I think they took their foot off the gas and that was a really that put them in a lot of dangerous positions it took series all the way to game seven that probably didn't need to go till game seven I think the Celtics could have closed out that last series against the heat in game six but they took their foot off the gas which was a very dangerous thing to do I'm looking right now at the last game and something that really stands out to me about the Celtics team is a lot of turnovers. And to me, that is a very fixable issue. I remember you talking actually on one of the, on one of our episodes about how the bucks were turning over the ball a lot to the bulls. You don't really expect to see that in two games back to back. So at one point during this game, the Celtics had 14 turnovers and were only down by nine. The fact that they were only down by nine with 14 turnovers to me showed they are perfectly capable of of closing out this series. I think that they took their foot off the gas. I think that the Celtics knew based on how that game was was trending that they weren't going to win. So bench your starters, have Jason Tatum hit the bench. There's no need to exert so much energy when you know the Warriors are going to take this one at home. And they should. If the Warriors went down oh. Two, I would have been very, very concerned. So the Warriors needed a win at home and they got it. However, 14 plus turnovers to me for the Celtics is a very fixable issue. I also want to bring up the fact that in the regular season, throughout the entire regular season, this Celtics perimeter defense was the fourth best. Their opponents had the fourth worst three-point percentage in the regular season. So this perimeter defense has got to step up in game three the way they did in game one, which to me is very possible when you are the Celtics and you have such an efficient defense. So slowing guys like Jordan Poole back down, Clay Thompson even, and relying more on one guy, which is Steph Curry, because I'm not sure he can be stopped at this point. So I am relying heavily on this Celtics defense to kind of get back in that groove game one, the same group they were in in game one, they're headed home. They've got the home court advantage. This is, I think I saw Jason talk about this. This is the first finals appearance home game that they've had since 2010. Um, They're going to be hyped in Boston. So I'm loving them to have that home court advantage. I'm loving their defense to tighten up on guys like Poole and Thompson. Um, Same thing we saw in game one. And then more importantly, I like them to polish up on those turnovers. And I think if they can do that, they'll win big in game three. I I like the compelling case. I, I think you're making some interesting points. What I think we're undervaluing here is this Boston team hasn't been in this position before. And this team loves a dramatic back and forth. They just can't make it easy on themselves. I, I'm fascinated that Ime decided to mail it in three minutes into the fourth quarter after what they did in the 4016 fourth quarter in game one. It's an interesting play and it's for sure. I'm fascinated to see how the psychological impact comes in because yes, to your point, they haven't played a finals game in over 10 years at this venue. They also haven't played 
in the TD Garden since the end of May in game six against the Heat. They haven't been home in a while. That could work against them on some level. There's added pressure and there's an expectation going home that they have to win this game. Totally. I see the turnover element. I also am looking at what they did as home favorites versus on the road on the season with this team is 20, 26 and one, including the playoffs against the spread at home as a home favorite. They're 34 and 17 away. They're, unequivocally better on the road than they are at home. So this narrative that Boston's unbeatable at home, and let me take you back. They lost game one against mm-hmm. the Bucs. I think it was 101-88. They lost game three at home, which was their first home game against the Heat. So they've lost back-to-back home games to start their series. And I also, this, this may be not a great, thing to throw out but the fact that Wiggins and Thompson went a collective eight for 31 and three for 11 from outside and they still won handily I mean I look at what the adjustments that were made on both sides and I see a team in the Warriors which again their defensive efficiency is right next to Boston's let's not sleep on the Warriors D they held three of the five starters to two points a pop Smart Horford and, and Robert Williams all two points. Like, I know that won't happen again, but the drop-off from Al's game one and then really what they did to Jalen Brown in game two, the guy was not hitting baskets, 5 of 17. And Jalen Brown's a frustrating player to watch sometimes because when he imposes his physicality, he's virtually unstoppable, especially against older men that don't want that physical possession-by-possession possession smoke. He wasn't doing that. He's forcing contested shots. He's not Steph Curry. He can't knock down contested shot after contested shot. So where is he going to lie in the fold in game three? And I think a lot of this, and Colin has spoke on it, comes down to Marcus Smart. And he was irrelevant in game two. And if you look at his box scores, he doesn't string together unbelievable outings in consecutive games. So who's going to be the guy on the Celtics that's a role player that's going to help Tatum? At this moment, I can't tell you outside of Derek White. I mean, I think the only difference in this, in, in what we just said is one team started off hot and then fell short. The other team started off not hot. The Warriors did not look good in game one, point blank period. They did not. And the defense of the Celtics really helped this Warriors team down offensively. So really, we just had a switch. That's really what happened in game one versus game two. So I think game three is anyone's game, and that's what makes it so hard to bet. I think that both of these teams have strengths and they know the weakness of the other team. I think that's what game one and game two were all about, was figuring out what is the weakness of the other team? What do we we need to do to make the other team uncomfortable, both offensively and defensively. I think game one and game two were kind of each of the teams figuring that out. I think both teams have figured it out. And so I think game three is going to be great. And I think the playoff experience conversation, I was riding high on that wave when we first started the series. I said that it's going to help the Warriors immensely because playoff experience does matter. But game one, the Celtics proved Zip it with the playoff experience. We don't care. We are a good team. We're here for a reason. So I think that they're going to play a really tough game in game three. But again, Monaco, this 
this is one of those things where Vegas has got that line at three and a half. They know it's going to be tight. They know it's going to be close. And maybe it's not. Maybe we get a blowout from either side. But I think from a handicapping perspective, this is a tough call because both teams have figured out how to make each other uncomfortable. And I think we're going to just see a battle in game three. It's going to be it's going to be hopefully an exciting. Well, game. here's the interesting, That's all you could hope. For. Here's an interesting thing of what the Warriors have done in these series leading up. And particularly the last one, they did what they did to Harden several series ago, years ago when he was on the Rockets. Okay, Harden can get his, let's make someone else beat us. Luka can get his, let's make someone else beat us. Let's say Tatum, they let him go. They let him get his 28-30. Who else is going to beat them game in, game out? They didn't show it in game two. We're going to see very clearly same could be said same could be said for the warriors look at steph curry he had 34 points and it wasn't enough But that's what's fascinating because they got control over pool and thompson and everybody else was the priority and there's only so much steph and tatum can do on their own but they're deeper that that's in my opinion i think they're the experience and the knowing their roles and and draymond said i listened to his podcast steph let the game come to him in game two as opposed to go out and take it and let thus essentially let more guys get involved early and that was with a bad clay and andrew wiggins game so if pool can do what he does look i just feel in my opinion looking at that 18 turnover 33 points off turnovers game two for the celtics you can say all we want that they cannot turn the ball over i'm sitting here saying this whole formula for the warriors is about buzzing around, moving around, switching up offensively and defensively, all of their pieces all of the time. This is a completely different hyper-focused game plan that the Celtics are not used to. And I do feel very confident in the three and a half. I think it's the same duped line we got in game one. Every one of their mothers is on the Celtics. I'll be I'll be uh, with hopefully the humble sharp, uh, sharp groups in the corner Giving me the three and a half, but where are you at on the MVP talk through two games? Who do you like? Um, I, I did sprinkle on Marcus Smart at the beginning of the series at plus 4,200, which again, to Colin's point, Marcus Smart to me is the difference maker for the Celtics team. I've talked many times on the show about the difference between the star um, and the difference maker. To me, they are very different. The star, the offensive star on this Celtics team is Jason Tatum and maybe Jalen Brown, um, depending on which day you're watching them play. And the difference maker to me is Marcus Smart. His ability to play on both sides of the ball um, is really what's making the huge difference for the Celtics. When you see Marcus Smart have two points in a game, it absolutely hurts the Celtics. So I think that I'm happy with my choice for him at MVP because he is facing a Warriors team that struggles to defend point guards. And I think that he's got enough time now to kind of step it up. I think game two was one of those games where um, he is, he's a student of the game. And I think he's always trying to get better. So I think game two was a, okay, that's not going to happen again. And shame on me. So I'm going to rock out with the Marcus Smart that I've sprinkled on at plus 4,200 because I have faith in Smart to do what he needs to do both offensively and defensively. But if I had to, I do have the Celtics to win in seven. So because of that, um, I would lean Tatum at this point just because of, you know, his dominance. And I think that down the stretch in this series, he's really going to going to have some pretty impressive games. So I would say Tatum is probably the the, you know, chalky choice, but the one that I think is probably going to hit. Um, but I am going to still rock out with a plus 4,200 I sprinkled on. I like that. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with Curry. 
Um, I know boring, but uh, again, 34 and 29. I, yeah. you, you, know what? Yeah. you don't like to hear it. I'm sorry, but 12 threes in two games, Liv. I'm, I'm sorry. This man is absolutely winning the MVP when they win. This is the interesting thing because I do think it's going to go six or seven. And just to try to like for our viewers thinking and flirting with how to piece this puzzle together, in my opinion, it's either going to go – Warriors win game three, Boston win game four, and then Warriors win at home, Boston wins at home, it goes back for seven. Or the Celtics win game three, Warriors win game four and five, Boston wins game six, it goes to seven. If you can predict the order correctly, you're going to win a lot of money because these spreads are not going to be less than, as we've seen, four, four and a half at the most in Golden State. So which game is Golden State stealing on the road in these next two is the fascinating question. But as far as the MVP, I'm laying it with Curry. It's about even money right now. And then I have a same game parlay for you. I want to throw out, uh, picked it yesterday. I'm on Curry 25 plus feel great about it. Averaging 26.6 in this, in the series, in the playoffs, rather averaging more than that with a 34 and 29 in the series. I don't think they can stop him. I, I think he's, he's so dialed in. he's turned it up to another level. And there's just no room for error. They, he knows inherently that it, Clay isn't what he has been in finals past. So he has to be this guy game in, game out. And I feel great about that. And then I'm going to go a little Draymond over. So if you take the Warriors to win, Curry 25 plus and Draymond 8 plus boards, it pays plus 365. If you go 6 plus boards, it's 248. Six is a little safer number. He's gone for 6 plus in eight of his last 10. 11 and five in the two games thus far. That's eight a game. He's averaging 7.1 in 18 games this playoff. So it's a little risky to go with eight, but I do feel from a game plan perspective, they're going to need him to bang bodies on the block and get those, those extra two boards. So that's what I'm dancing on for a same game parlay. Um, I know you got uh, Instagram live. You're, you're going to tee up one later today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got an Instagram live. Jason's going to join me. We're going to talk through um, some props and the game and try to cook up a little same game parlay that we'll write out together. As for a prop that I am looking at that I'm kind of leaning towards, it's uh, Andrew Wiggins over 21 and a half points and rebounds. Uh, This was kind of a, a bet based off of the way that the Celtics have been guarding small forwards in the last seven. Um, They're giving up an average of 24.56 points and they're giving up the fourth no i'm sorry the fifth most rebounds to opposing small forwards as well so i'm liking wiggins um also i think this matchup between him and tatum is going to push him in a lot of ways to have bigger offensive moments which i think you know we have seen wiggins when wiggins is on and he's hot he's great and i think because of the Celtics prioritizing defense a little bit differently, learning from their mistakes in game two, I think what we'll see is Jordan Poole getting more attention, Clay Thompson getting more attention. So that leaves guys like Andrew Wiggins and Steph Curry with the offensive load. So I'm liking Andrew Wiggins to have a much better game in game three. So over 21 and a half points and rebounds, I think is a play that I'm leaning towards. But yes, I will be live on Instagram. I go live every Tuesday, Thursday on Instagram. Jason joins me quite a bit. We just talk about the matchups and cook up a little same game parlay. So if you want to check that out, that will be happening. But yeah, Andrew Wiggins over 21 and a half points and rebounds. I know I'm, I'm leaning towards right now. I like that. Um, I'm, I'm sticking with those props. I am. I might sprinkle on Curry over three. Uh, I'm going to, 
I'm going to put out a props episode tomorrow on the, the Moneyline Monaco pod, but I'm just saying, Liv, before we dance, both teams shot 15 and 37 from three, exact same number, and the Warriors routed the Celtics, routed them. They've won six of eight quarters, six of eight quarters, and one of those quarters that the Celtics won was a cupcake garbage fourth quarter where no one played. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. You sound like a um, overreacting Warriors fan right now. That's what you sound like. <laughs> I, I I just dislike the Celtics so much. I, I know, like and I can always tell when I speak to people about this matchup, the people that get themselves like this, I'm like, oh, we can't. You you are coming at you're coming at this. With, there's some I can see it. Like you got it in your heart. My brother is the same way. He doesn't want either team to win. He's like, I can't stand the Warriors. I can't stand the Celtics. My granddad doesn't like the Celtics either. So I know that when I'm talking to people and they start getting worked up, I'm like, okay, we've got to just let this, like, we need to just give you a cool off period. But yeah, I mean, you're, Look, you're right. You're right. I'm, I was, the last time I was emotional about betting the Celtics was when I was hammering the nets in the first series and I got creamed. You're right. You look, you know, we're, we're in a, a, a it's tough. We're, we're partners here. You know, you know, my, my I know your vibe. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm emotional. I think, I, that, think. I think that really we have two great teams. That's all I'm going to say. There are, these are two really, really great teams in two completely different ways. And this series is anybody's game. I don't think anyone should be out in the universe tweeting or posting, oh, this is easy money for the Warriors. What makes you say that? One game? One game makes you think this is an easy series for the Warriors? Did you not watch game one? And then you could make a case for the other team. Celtics, oh, it's going to be easy. No, it's not, because they had a great game in game one, and then they got they got it handed to them in game two. So there's really no – we are not in a position or too many games in to where anyone, in my opinion, can be saying it's going to be an e- easy series for either team. It's not. I think this goes the distance. I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be close. And, yeah, I think they're just two really talented teams. So it's going to be fun. Hopefully we just get good basketball. That's all you could hope for. And – I think it's going to be wild, per usual. It's the NBA playoffs. It's always wild. We have a good one in store. Pivotal game three. I'm on yes. the Warriors. Lives on the Celtics. Should be a good one. We will see you back on Thursday to debrief and get ready for game four on the best gambling show ever. Make sure to check out all things volume, sports shows, content, etc. And for Live, I'm Alex. Until next time. See ya.